0: Hey there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for Coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome back to another episode of t for c If you're interested in breaking into filmmaking or network and premium cable television, Then this is the episode for you, because my next guest is an award-winning director who has worked in all of those mediums with critically acclaimed pilots and episodes to her name. These are for shows like Homeland, The Newsroom, The Walking Dead, Justified, Ray Donovan, to name just a handful. But before I introduce you to the immensely talented Leslie Linka-Gladder, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's t for cs weekly newsletter that comes out on Mondays to give you an exclusive peek into the episodes and the professions we're going to be featuring that week. And it is so easy to do. Just head over to the Time for Coffee website at time. The number four, coffee.org, and the sign-up box is right there. Now, my Java lovers, please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated beverage because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest is Leslie Linka-Gladder, a director of film, network, and premium cable television dramas. Leslie's TV work includes Homeland, The Newsroom, The Walking Dead, Justified, Masters of Sex, Ray Donovan, True Blood, Mad Men. You can go on and on, but check out show notes to see them all. Leslie has also directed numerous pilots, including Gilmore Girls, Pretty Little Liars, and Six. Her films include Now and Then, The Proposition, and for HBO, State of Emergency. Leslie was the executive producer and the producing director on Homeland, which she joined full-time in its second season and continued through its eighth and final season, which aired on Showtime. She is currently in pre-production on her next show, The Banker's Wife. It's a straight-to-series order for Amazon based on the best-selling novel. Leslie is serving as an executive producer and will also direct all of the episodes. She began her directing career through the American Film Institute's Directing Workshop for Women. Her short film that came out of the workshop, Tales of Meeting and Parting, was nominated for an Oscar. She's received seven Emmy nominations, seven Directors Guild Award nominations, winning twice for Mad Men and Homeland, as well as a Humanitas Award nomination for HBO's State of Emergency. She's also serving as the fifth vice president of the Directors Guild of America and is an advisor at the Sundance Institute's Directors Lab. Leslie, welcome to Time for Coffee. How are you today? Hi, Andrea. It's so great to be here with you all. And that was exhausting listening to that. It was exhausting <laughs> for me thinking about you doing all of that. And I have to ask you the Time for Coffee question. Are you caffeinated and ready to go, Leslie? I am so caffeinated. I've got my coffee right here. Excellent. What do you enjoy? Well, I prefer a nonfat cappuccino. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Well, that sounds like a a very elegant way to start our espresso shots here. The first question being, what entry-level jobs, Leslie, are available to young people who want to break into this industry? So I feel like I am so grateful that I get to be a storyteller. I love what I do. So my advice to anyone breaking in is you have to love stories. So the more you know about stories and storytelling, that is going to be a huge plus. And there is no one right path to directing or being in the film business. Everyone you talk to has a different path that is unique to them. So if you're a writer, you need to be writing. Don't wait for someone to give you a job. Go ahead and write your stories. For a director, I feel the same way. You need to study everything about storytelling, working with actors and camera. And we're in a world now where you can actually pick up a cell phone. and Well, our world has changed drastically. But pre-COVID, you can pick up a cell phone and tell your story. But everyone needs to work. I always had to work. I did not come from a family with money. So the entry-level jobs for directing, writing are an assistant job. So you learn the craft because there's a lot of things. Everyone comes into film with a paint box of skills that you have. And you're constantly adding colors to that paint box to be better at what you do. On the crew level, most people start off as a production assistant. And again, a lot of that is about learning the process. You want to learn the process, but you also have to be very much a self-starter. I don't know if that answered the question because there's not a direct path, but the love of story is a big one. It did absolutely answer the question. and. I guess I was going to ask you if there is a website, a listserv, a place that our young listeners could go, Leslie, to find those entry-level jobs and and maybe even internships. Well, there are lots of internships in the film business on every level, whether it's Someone who wants to be an agent or a development executive or work at a studio or work at a network. There are so many jobs. So I don't think I can give you a listing board of where those are. I mean, there is a, there's a UTA. United Talent Agency list of available jobs. They're also every single job on a crew from writer, producer, cinematographer. There's so many jobs that it's hard to give a specific source. You need to know what area interests you. If you want to be a production designer and design sets, that's going to be a different path. If you want to make props, the things that actors hold in their hands. If you're a fashionista and you want to design wardrobe for sets, different path. So unfortunately, it's not a simple answer to that. Okay. I think that's all fantastic. Leslie, what is a useful hard and soft skill that you look for in the young people that you hire? Great question. So again, I'm a director and an executive producer. So again, it depends on what position I'm looking for. So if I'm looking for, let's say an assistant, my assistant, who is absolutely amazing, went to film school. She is a director and a writer because I love mentoring new talent. So she is smart. She is a self-starter. She's always like one step ahead. She does homework. She has a great sense of humor and she plays well with others. All of those are skills that I think help you in any position. But if I'm hiring people on a crew, again, it's their ability in their particular field. Also, as well as the same same things I just mentioned, self-starter, smart, humor, plays well with others, and great at their job. Terrific. What about someone's major? You mentioned that your assistant studied filmmaking. Is that a deciding factor, Leslie, to get into this profession? If they haven't studied filmmaking or directing or something in the creative, in the arts, is it a deal breaker? It's not a deal breaker. Again, because the path to being in the film business or the path to directing is so uh, diverse I know people who were history majors or majored in English, which of course is very related in terms of writing. It's all about telling stories. So people tend to come from a lot of different areas. You might even be a business major if you want to be a producer, or a lot of people come from law who become producers or studio executives. It's a pretty diverse range of backgrounds that people come from. Ultimately, it's going to boil down to the love of story and the ability to tell stories. Even if you're on the business side, you have to understand the process. So I am always learning. You never stop learning in the film business. Every time I start a new project, I feel like I'm jumping into a world that I know nothing about. Yes, I have my skills as a storyteller, but they're always growing and learning and morphing as the business changes. And uh, again, every time I start a new project, I have to jump into research for that particular project. I'm sure that's what keeps it fresh for you and what keeps it so dynamic and exciting. Yes, it does. And you never can like sit back and feel like, okay, I'm done learning. Uh, now I am where I want to be. No, 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 no. It's a constant process of learning and becoming better and, and it never stops. And that's what makes it exciting. Great. What about a graduate school degree and maybe less so for somebody who studied literature, English, or whatever the case may be as an undergrad and more so for somebody who wants to get into the business side or perhaps be a studio executive? Do you think it is important to have one? And if so, Leslie, what do you think are the most useful ones to have? so many people go to film school. So needless to say, there are great film schools throughout America. And many people who want to be filmmakers go to film school. I did not do that because I started out and had a completely different career, which is why I say paths are different. If you want to go in to the business side of film, again, there's not one set path, but having a business degree or a law degree. These are things that are helpful, but do you have to have that? No. Again, I wish there was a a set path that I could say, oh, if you do X, Y, and Z, that will get you your job. But unfortunately, it just doesn't work that way. I mean, many people come to LA and they work in the mail room of a major talent agency and that is where they get their start. Now, they might not become agents. It is a way to move up in the agency world, but they might be on some agent's desk and meet a producer that they really connect with, and they start working for that producer. So again, I wish there was a, a straight path but they tend to be very circuitous. Isn't that interesting? I thought that that was like back in the 1950s (laughs) that somebody would get there, start working in the mailroom, but it's still happening today. It is still happening today. Oh my gosh. But I'm a firm believer in the more knowledge and information you have, the more life experiences. These are all pluses in any area. I couldn't agree more. And now that I have interviewed hundreds of professionals, I am very confident in saying to our young listeners, no matter what you want to do, you cannot make a mistake wherever you start. It doesn't matter. And actually, Leslie, maybe we should let our listeners know where you got your start. Oh, oh, absolutely. And I couldn't agree with you more, Andrea. The more you study and learn and are a lover of knowledge, the better it is. So my path, as I explained, is a strange one and a circuitous one. I started off as a modern dancer and then I became a choreographer. And this is back you know, many years ago when the American government still sponsored the arts. I know that's crazy, but they actually sponsored cultural exchange between countries. What a concept. So now I know what a concept that art can actually make a difference. So I first moved to, I was based out of New York City. I moved to London, England. I was working there as a modern dancer, studying, working with different companies. I then moved to Paris. I was there for about three years, and then I got a grant to teach, choreograph, and perform throughout the Far East, and I was based in Tokyo, Japan. And it was when I was in Tokyo that by chance, I wanted a cup of coffee. I was in Shibuya-ku, a very busy area. There were two coffee shops. I chose arbitrarily the one on the right. I went into that coffee shop. It was packed, and there was one seat left with an older Japanese gentleman and he waved me over to join him. That was a little unusual. He was in his mid-70s. I was in my mid-20s, and I sat down with him, and he changed my life. He spoke 12 languages fluently. He had been the top foreign war correspondent, so he had been all over the world. He had been a Buddhist monk, and he ended up becoming like my mentor in Japan. He and his wife became my surrogate Japanese parent. And eventually he told me a series of stories that all happened to him, all during different wars and about human connection. And when he told me those stories, I realized these were so big, I need to pass these stories on. And I knew it wasn't dance. So if I had walked into the coffee shop on the left, I might not be a filmmaker because that was the stories that I made my first film about. Oh, my God. I have chills. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. And it's so powerful because it shows what I call magic. The magic that happens in our lives that you cannot predict that happen in the most random ways and change your life forever if you're open to it because you could have gone into that same coffee shop leslie and had that man motion you over and thought i'm not gonna go sit next to somebody i don't know absolutely true you were open to it
1: amazing
0: so let's get back into the espresso shots what kind of life experiences leslie Do you think are most useful for someone who's starting out in this world? What are the kind of life experiences? Well, you know, before I moved into film, I was very well traveled. And I came out of dance where you make no money. So it was always having to do other jobs along the way. So let's say when I moved to London, yes, I was teaching dance to make money, but I also worked at a Renaissance banquet for tourists doing Renaissance court dances dressed in period costume. So I was always doing a collection of strange jobs to pay for my travel addiction. And it's about having a life experience, not necessarily travel. It can be in America, it can be reading books, it can be watching many things and developing the stories that you want to tell. It can be out of a a personal experience that happened to you that is very universal that you feel like you have to pass on. That can be the life experience that makes you a filmmaker. It's not, again, one specific thing. Oh, that is powerful and also empowering to know that those experiences, no matter what they are, can be fodder. For your career and for the stories that you're burning to tell. Exactly. And there is no one thing that gives people inspiration. It is a myriad of things. And for each person, it's different and individual. So I just encourage all of the young people to be as open to the world as possible. And now, right now, what about the changing world we are in? Yeah, exactly. Because we're all hunkered down inside, I mean, that's not to say there aren't people out doing other things in their lives, but these are all opportunities to think of stories that you feel compelled to tell. Absolutely. Leslie, what is the best part for you of being a director in this industry? It goes back to story. I love being a storyteller. Even, you know, the hours are really long when you're a, you're a filmmaker and 3 a.m. of a bad night where everything has been difficult or it's pouring rain or freezing cold, I still love what I do. And it is intense, very long hours, but all of that process of making stories with a very large group of people, you could have a crew, normal size, maybe a hundred people. Wow. And is part of the process. And I love that part of it. the camaraderie. I love the camaraderie. I love the fact that people all have to work together. You have to motivate a huge group of people around a certain idea, a certain story. And there's a sense of purpose and focus. And its it's a wonderful experience. It's also not easy. Like if you don't want to work those kind of hours, you know an average day is a a shooting day that's which is different from a prepping day when you're preparing to shoot an average work day is thirteen hours, twelve hours of shooting plus lunch, not including like travel time to get there or when you have to end the day and wrap up all the equipment so it's a very long long hours well that leads me to the next question, because it doesn't matter how much you love your job or how much you love your industry. And even when you are a big time director, as you are, Leslie, there are going to be parts of your job that suck. And I think it's important to shed light on that for our young listeners. What would you say other than the hours or aspects of the job that suck? Oh, my goodness. Well, it's not glamorous. People always think that working in film is going to be glamorous. It is the opposite of that. Again, because of the amount of hours you put in. What's difficult is oftentimes getting the job, the hoops you have to jump through to actually get the job, and the disappointment when you you feel you are very equipped to tell that particular story and you're passionate about it and somebody else gets the job and you don't get it which happens all the time and that you can't you can't let it defeat you you have to kind of dust yourself off and get back and start it again and you know things like having a project you love. And some company says, yes, we're going to make it. And then the lead actress drops out and it all falls apart. Or the company president gets fired and the new president doesn't want any of these old projects. So that project now goes away. It's a wide variety of things where you just have to be very tenacious. But in the tenacity, you don't want to forget the joy that you love being a storyteller because sometimes it can wear you down. Oh, I have no doubt. I mean, Hollywood is legendary for being a really tough place to work. Leslie, what is the best career advice you've ever gotten? There are a couple of things, a number of things, but the first one certainly is about tenacity. And with all the no's you get, it only takes one person to say yes. So you have to remain very tenacious. I think in when you're on a set, and there are many different things coming at you all the time, you're constantly having to make decisions and answer questions, that it's very important to stay connected to your own instincts and to not get thrown off because of the amount of chaos that's whirling around and to be open to opportunities in the most unusual circumstances. And never take yourself too seriously. Meaning you never stop learning when you're a filmmaker. You have to continually be a student throughout your whole life. Never rest on your laurels, right? Never. The minute you think you've arrived, you're over. Okay. I had two final espresso shots. One that is tailor-made for you, Leslie? What movies, if any, or Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, Showtime shows, or books do you think accurately depict your profession? Hmm. I mean, I guess the movies made about the film business, and they would be, I don't know if they accurately depict, they depict Parts of what the process is. I would go back to Truffaut's Day for Night, a classic film. I think The Player, an amazing film. It's about a murder, and most of the time, of course, there are no murders that people are dealing with. Real murders. I mean, these are all more about the kind of corrupt side of filmmaking. Swimming with sharks. Most recently, The Assistant. But I, I don't know if I've seen. A show or a movie that deals with the joy of telling stories and what that's like. And maybe I'm not thinking of all the possibilities, but most of the films I can think of just sitting here have a more, a darker view of the film. There are dark parts of it, but there are also bright parts as well. Good. I'm glad to hear that. I was going to ask you whether you ever saw extras. Oh, extras was hilarious. Hilarious. Yes. I think, again, I think there are parts of that. Absolutely. Okay, great. Well, we'll include links to all of them. Final espresso shot. What would Java junkies be surprised to learn about this profession? That it's not glamorous. It's amazing. I love doing what I do. But I think there's this illusion that you're hanging out with the stars. And, you know, there's this kind of glamorous life. And it really isn't that at all. It's a lot of work. And when I dress to go to work, especially if it's cold out, you're wearing 25 layers, you're going to stand outside freezing all day. There's nothing glamorous about it. But I love being a storyteller. So that's just part of the process. Oh, fantastic. Leslie, I want to thank you so much for making Time for Coffee today with me and the Time for Coffee community. For our young listeners, if you want to learn more about what Leslie does as a director and how she built her career, check out show notes for this episode to see if her main Time for Coffee interview has already dropped. Thank you so much. This was fantastic. Thanks so much, Andrea. Great to talk to you and more to come. (laughs) Absolutely. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.